0: Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesch. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless, but at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives, how we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast are Kaylee and Jelaine Beto. Kaylee and Jelaine are friends, family, and lovers of movement, people, and deep connection. They believe in goodness, growth, and that everything is better in community. They are both mamas, each with two beautiful little humans who are their reason to be better and to do better every day. Together, they co-own Junction 9 Yoga and Pilates, a studio located in Calgary, Alberta, that was born out of a desire to create a space that focused on an inclusive community and on different people coming together with common goals to connect, share, and move together. Both movement teachers, Jelaine and Kaylee, share a love for encouraging others and helping people believe they are capable of so much more than they believe possible. Kaylee and Jelaine are an incredible team whose partnership you will learn in this episode started at Horse Camp many years ago when Jelaine was actually Kaylee's camp counselor. Community connection, accessibility, and inclusivity are their foundation for creating a space and place for people to move, learn, and grow. Thank you so much for joining me, Kaylee and Jelaine. It's our pleasure. Thank you for the invite. So I have a number of questions for you about where I wanted to start today was just to learn more about both of you and your story and what led you to start Junction 9.
1: It's a funny question because I think there's part of it where I'm like, I don't even remember it was so long ago, like what those steps were. It kind of was just like, let's do this. But it really, when we really try to look at it, it goes all the way back to being in Australia at my wedding on the beach on Christmas Day. Day, Uh, We had maybe a few glasses of champagne and we said like, (laughs) we should open a studio together one day. So I think that's kind of where the seed got planted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then fast forward, I don't know, about a year probably from there, I ended up back in Calgary after living in Australia. And I had my master's in international development and I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. And I was pretty unhappy working at a retail job, trying to figure out my life. And my dad said to me, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Like, what do you actually want to do? And I said, I want to open a studio with Jelaine. And so he got out a piece of paper and he said, well, what does that look like? And he started jotting numbers down with me. And he was like, okay, this seems feasible. It seems doable. So then I went for coffee with Jelaine. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, hey, remember that time on the beach in our Santa hats? (laughs) Do you want to do this? And she's like, yeah, but I got to tell you something. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was like, it was a big coffee. Yeah. And then a, a lot of like, okay, well, what does that mean? And can we still do this even if you're having a baby? And then the answer was kind of a resounding yeah. yes. So that was kind of that. And I think the other thing was the combination, like me having moved back from living in Australia, I'd experienced... studio world in Melbourne and the Pilates world there and landing in Calgary and trying to find that for myself again I couldn't and there wasn't here what I had experienced there and I really wanted that and I think Jelaine has an amazing background to partner with having such a big background in yoga in Calgary so it kind of just made sense to if we didn't have what I wanted then let's build what we want.
0: So there's so many things in that story, starting with the Santa hats on the beach (laughs) and then all the big life changes all at one time. So did both of you have sort of instructor training or were you already instructors in yoga and Pilates when you were thinking about getting started?
2: I was currently I was managing a studio. It was still pretty early on in, in finding out that my husband and I were going to have a baby, so I was still teaching. I had been teaching kind of full time on and off for the the previous couple years, and I also worked for Lululemon. So they they kind of bridge really well together with in terms of like the culture and the industry of wellness. And yeah, after having that experience both teaching and managing a studio and getting that kind of full view and full perspective of what that would be like going into it wasn't really a thought for me and Kaylee had done so much Pilates and was so interested in that side of things that for us the the bridging of both of them kind of seemed like the best case scenario for us and also the most inspiring for us to both be doing something that we love and other people as well. Had no background, just to and clarify. you no
1: background. Okay, no, okay. I had practiced Pilates as a, as a student yeah. in Melbourne and fallen in love with it. I'd hated exercise, never found anything I loved. Was not particularly athletic, and then stumbled across reformer Pilates on my way to a yoga class, essentially, and fell in love with it. and it was a big part of my life while I lived there. And so living without that when we moved back here was kind of hard to imagine.
0: And so I'm curious, too, what was different about your experience in Australia or what kind of stood out for you in that experience that was missing here or that you weren't finding here?
1: So on the, I, I can really only speak to the Pilates side. What was missing was the the group dynamic of a Pilates class, that energy that's brought in when you're moving with multiple people and the accessibility standpoint of a large group reformer class versus at the time what was being offered was a small group style. So maybe four max, six people at a time on a more of a regimented schedule where you booked your Tuesday 7.30 and you did that for 12 weeks. And if you missed one, like kind of too bad so this we didn't have that opportunity to kind of find a schedule that worked and that accessibility and flexibility and then the more people you can offer in class the lower your prices can come so I just realized very quickly Pilates was out of reach for me economically I couldn't afford it schedule wise it didn't make sense here and that group dynamic of just moving with other people is was really what motivated me the high energy and having somebody lead with that same level of of energy and that was just not to be found here in the Pilates world 10 years ago. But now it but is. But now, yeah. And yoga had kind of already bridged that gap in many yeah. ways. And, yeah. and spin and other things in Calgary were already operating in that way. So it's not like it was a totally new concept. It was just bringing another movement modality into that. But I think you experienced a lot in the yoga world. Mm-hmm yeah, so it could be done differently. I th- And
2: I think that's the thing is everyone has a different perspective and is able to see things differently or identify things that they like, or that they find to be kind of across the board successful. And I think the success isn't necessarily in like how good everyone is at yoga, but how, you know, how good everyone feels. And if they are in that space where they feel like they're being seen and they feel like they've found another community and a place where they fit, um, you know so much even now like there's been so much isolation that we're we're coming out of that again but also across the board like just connecting with another human being connecting with your teacher having a community a place that you can go to and and to do so in a way that is really helpful and really conducive to environments that that have an accepting place that want people to be you know celebrated for their differences
0: That community and connection and sense of belonging is so important. And as you said, now, I think even more than ever Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful that you've created a space and a place for people to move and to have that feeling of being seen, heard and understood as well. Mm -hmm. Now, because I'm an educator and a teacher, I'm always so curious about teaching and learning and how it's a part of all the things that we do and obviously it's a part of the work that you both do as well at Junction 9 and I'm wondering about how teaching and learning have been a part of your experience in both sort of the expected and unexpected ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lots. It's, it's been a
2: journey the last last yeah. little while. I think the expected ways are are just the the natural kind of learning curve of teaching and of being in front of people and of you know, getting everyone to the same place together, you know, however each person needs to get there. But I think the the more unexpected thing for Kaylee and I I think was the and you know, of the teaching and the the leadership role of like our our staff and our front desk team and our karma cleaning team and our contract teachers. And, you know, we're always going to be learning from one another, but we were looked at in the light of like, okay, now you're leading the ship. So what are you going to do and how are you going to lead? And and just that how, you know, our expectation of of ourselves and how we show up and what we do and what we expect of one another, and then how we can have that filter down into our teachers and the roles that they have. And, you know, as an extension of us and our business, what does that look like? And how do we, you know, really encourage people and engage people to be on this path with us? And, and again, to never lose that learning capacity and to never learn that, you know, inquisitive nature of wanting to know more and wanting to provide the best possible experience, but also that we are essentially leading the ship. And so our teaching of our classes, yeah. And, you know, it Wednesday at noon, I teach a class and it's there at 12 to 1250, but we're kind of constantly in that role. And I think that was something that neither of us really could have Mm -mm. prepared ourselves for (laughs) because we were still like, you know, year one, we, probably up until year three, we were, new, like brand new business owners and just finding our own footing and, and figuring it all out for ourselves. But knowing that people were watching us, people were seeing like, you know, is this going to take off? Will it succeed? And and then also finding a formula that really worked, that people wanted to be involved with and people wanted to be involved with mm-hmm. us. And they saw our vision and wanted to be a part of that. There, there's so much beyond just teaching classes that we couldn't have prepared for, but that was has been quite a blessing because it allows us and our... You know our vision to come to life in such a different way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and it sounds like you both really have sort of that learner mentality, right? You're going into something new and exciting and understanding that people are going to be coming to you with questions and you're building something that you haven't done before. And so it's sort of navigating that pathway and, and supporting one another through that. So how have your roles kind of with one another evolved over time because you've been a team together for a number of <laughs> years now.
1: Yeah, a really long time. I mean, our roles really started back like, oh gosh, 20, I 25 yeah. or more, more than 25 right. years ago at camp when she was my camp counselor. So
0: oh <laughs> our goodness. roles have evolved a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah. I need to find um, out
0: more about that, but <laughs> carry on. Yeah.
1: I, we're, we're not actually sisters also, if that's any misconception we're not sisters I think like you said at the beginning I think when we were off air that like that idea of like I can't imagine doing this with anybody else and I really truly can't I think sometimes we joke that we operate as like a half brain each and we come together and we make a full brain but we're just that check and balance for one another all the time we're constantly able to bring each other back in line or re-question or challenge each other and also ultimately we're so both clearly driven by our values and our values are very similar that we always end up back in the same place. So it's just a constant kind of learning and evolving together and, and a lot of stumbling (laughs) and picking one another up and stumbling again. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I think we're able really,
2: really successfully to navigate with one another. And I, I don't believe it happens often, as it, you know, it's, it's really effortless with both of us. And we're both able to clearly see where we need some growth and where, you know, where we might be off kilter a little bit or where like, you know, help me out here. I'm having a hard time seeing this from another view viewpoint and to, to, be able to go back and forth with one another in that, in that egoless way of like, I'm missing something here. And I know you can see me and see what I'm thinking through. And I know you have an outside perspective to be able to, guide me back on and vice versa. And we're both in really similar stages of life. We have two younger kids. And so we have a really keen awareness of what the other one is going through at any given time. And so there's not only that support, there's also the accept- acceptance of knowing like, okay, if I'm dropping the ball, I I don't want you to have to pick it up, but I know you're going to pick it up. And if if it's flipped on its head the other way, that w- we can both be that for one another. And I don't I don't know how much that happens in business partnerships. I feel really fortunate because again, like we both wouldn't do this if it was just singular. Like I, I wouldn't take this on. And we, we say that pretty often when things come up, like, can you imagine doing this on your own? Can you imagine doing this without a partner and, and doing, doing it without a partner that sees so eye to eye with, with one another?
1: Yeah. It sounds like a very so eye to eye that we don't (laughs) steer through Which is the good part. I think sometimes it's bad when you're both like, Oh no, we're so set in our way about this. It's so nice that we have each other to kind of guide. Guide and re steer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that it's so helpful to have that sounding board, to have that person outside of ourselves, because sometimes it's hard to see beyond kind of a certain direction that we're thinking. It's hard to sometimes get outside of that box and mm-hmm. to have your previous camp counselor, you know, as a source <laughs> of support. So I need, I do need to ask. So tell me about this camp this counselor camp. counselor
2: oh. connection. Is it?
1: The best place the best on clear. earth.
2: <laughs> yeah. We grew up going there. I was how how many years older am I than you? You're seven. you seven years me. older. So I was your camp counselor, but I started going there when I was eight. You started going
1: I think I was eight or nine. I can't I think you maybe would have been a, I can't. maybe, or maybe or I almost.
2: Know. It's a horse camp, an overnight horse camp. So our parents would drive out on Sunday and leave us for the week, pick us up on the following Saturday. We'd ride horses for half the day. And then, like, camp games and crafts and cleaning
1: barns and swim in the river. Swim in the river. Mud fights. Mud fights. It was, like, a childhood dream. It was bliss. Yeah, it it really was. was. And through camp, like, all my cousins went to camp. And my cousin is now Jelaine's husband. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. So we met at camp. camp. Yes, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Those roots run really deep. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think even places like that, like, I would say a lot of... Our value set even comes from like what it meant to be at camp together and what it meant to you know learn to be away from home and to yeah, be independent and Perfect. and like have yeah. it was like a second family and what does it mean to look out for other people and to care about one another and to care about animals and the land we were on like there was so much of that that I think yeah you don't even realize until you really strip it back influenced who
2: we are today and I think we talked about our our partnership and like, you know, having that sounding board, but I think also like, I know in either work or outside of work, I know someone has my back and I know Kaylee has my back. And I think that reassurance of like not totally feeling hundred percent confident in my decisions all the time, or, you know, when we're met with a challenging situation or something comes up that I know someone has yeah. my back. And I think that like, from a friendship perspective, that's, really lucky. And then I think from a business partner perspective, it's it's beyond lucky, you know, such a, a wonderful thing for us to have and to have someone, Oh, you know, always, I know that even if I made the wrong choice, she's going to be there for me. And we're going to have, you know, we're going to be able to kind of step back and take that. So love you no that. matter
0: what. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we really do. Unconditionally. Really Unconditionally. And that's so nice. And I know too, as you both said, you have, each two young children and children make life extra interesting at times. You get thrown curveballs and things happen, and you wake up thinking the day is going to work out one way, and it and it doesn't. Even with teenagers, mm-hmm. I'm finding that oh, it doesn't <laughs> it get easier. No. Yeah, it. I mean, it's. Easier in some ways and more challenging than others. So yeah, yeah, different busy, different challenges, and all those things. Our oldest now drives a car, for example. (sighs) Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, (laughs) deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. Yeah, it's exciting, liberating in a way because he can get himself to a hockey practice, but terrifying, Mm, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all. All these unexpected curveballs and things, and to have someone that's going to love you no matter what and Mm -hmm. work through and support you through those business challenges and decisions, Mm -hmm. but also that personal piece that is a huge part of everything that we do is amazing. I can just tell you guys have this incredible (laughs) partnership. (laughs) This being the first time all three of us have spoken. So I think that's really nice. Now, I wanted to, you've mentioned and talked a little bit about your values. And I know values are really at the core of the work that you do at Junction Nine. So what are some of those core values that are really important to you? And how have those influenced the ways that both of you teach movement?
1: I think I alluded to a little bit of this in the beginning, just the idea of like accessibility and inclusivity and connection and community are really what we kind of come back to as our guiding force of any decision making and in this environment in particular I think there's it's easy for somebody especially you're deciding to try something new most often somebody comes here deciding to try something new whether it's that they've never done yoga and pilates they've never done any exercise they've never done any movement or maybe they've just never been in our space and this is new but in choosing to take on something new there's a that's a big big step for people to take and i think we realized even ourselves going to new environments new studios we feel nervous and anxious and you know it might take us weeks before we actually book that first class and so we really wanted to make sure that what we were starting with at the very very core was that if you step in our doors you feel supported you feel welcome included and that there's an accessibility piece that you can you can do this you can you can get here and then once you get here we'll care for you the rest of the way you just got to get yourself to that front door so i think that that like at its absolute core when we come back mm-hmm. to every element of like whether it's how our teachers are teaching or how our front desk is interacting with clients it's or how our community interacts with each other it's that everybody is welcome here and everybody's taken a big step to get themselves here and we need to all look out for each other once we're in this space yeah,
2: I think there, I mean, we talked about it prior, but the, like isolation or separation or however you want to look at that and, and how each person navigates their own life and what they want to do. And, you know, it, that first step, that first step is hard. And if we can identify that and if we can help the navigation of that, but then also that someone gets to a place where like, they've, they've taken on the hard challenge, they've gotten in the front door. And then they're actually like it matters that they're there and it matters that they've come to our place of business and it matters that they you know have somewhere where they can create a, a wellness lifestyle for themselves and you know inclusivity and accessibility they can kind of sound a little bit you know like catch almost right now especially but you're just kind of looping everyone in and like everybody's welcome and we've all heard that before but truly like we've all been in that position where we felt like someone's talking about us or we've heard someone talk about us, or we've gone somewhere where we just didn't totally feel like, you know, like I didn't wear the same clothes as everybody else, or I didn't know everyone here wears like, you know, black spandex. And I didn't like wear bright pink or whatever that is, but there's that part of it. But then the connection and the community component of like, you can do, it. you can work out at home, you can work out anywhere. You could go outside into a park, but if you're going to choose to have a wellness routine, we want to do everything in our power that would encourage you to come back
0: Mm -hmm. I love the emphasis on that on that sense of community my whole approach to teaching and learning is all about it being really relationship centered and people focused Mm -hmm. and making people feel welcome and comfortable learning something new or stepping outside of our comfort zone is such a vulnerable experience Mm -hmm. I I even remember, so I did my master's degree as an adult and we are two oldest kids were three and one at the time. And I remember driving to class and thinking... Why am I doing this to myself? What am I doing? <laughs> what have I done? And oh my gosh, like what if nobody likes me? What if I don't fit in? I think I was the only one in my class who was not working at the time. I was being a mom and going to school. And I just all those things that you're talking about, you know, am I wearing the right thing? Am I gonna say the right thing, do the right thing? We mm-hmm. we worry. It's a just as you're saying getting there and taking that first step is so hard Mm -hmm. and then at times sometimes environments are not welcoming there isn't that sense of community and you do feel uncomfortable and judged and like you don't belong there and i think Mm -hmm. being really intentional in creating that space and that community and that welcoming environment makes such a difference for people. And I did feel welcome when I went to my classes (laughs) and I did make friends and I did feel like I belonged. But it's getting there was very hard. I wanted to turn around so many times and and just go home. But it's great that once people arrive in your space and they're they're welcome into your community and feel like they they can be there. They can do this and they can be who they are and be accepted. It's
1: Fantastic. I love that so much. It it's also so fascinating to watch in an actual class setting like when someone f- feels seen, how much harder they're willing to work and how like they show up differently for themselves, they show up differently for those around them. It's a totally Different experience when someone feels connected with versus you know walking in. We don't know your name. You're coming up. You're doing a workout. We're we're not going to actually have any conversation. I don't know anything about your life, and then you're going to leave. You know, I give our our front desk a lot of credit and our teachers that they make the effort to get to know our community. And you know whether it's a medical challenge someone's going through or a new baby that's on the way or you know the the stuff we know. Sometimes it's kind of like going the hairdresser, right? Your hairdresser (laughs) knows everything. But that that piece of connecting with with other people and like whether it's the person beside you on your mat, Jelaine starts every class with like, we have to turn and look at people beside us and smile and acknowledge them. And then if we looked at the person we came with, she makes us look the other way to somebody we don't know. And the importance of that, that having made that connection with the person beside me, I don't know. When Jelaine's asking me to do my, I don't know, thousandth squat of the class, it feels like. I'm willing to work that much harder because I know the person beside me is also working really hard for this. And we've, we've made that connection and we're going to get through this together. It, it fully changes my reason for showing up. And, and I'm not just there for myself anyway, anymore. I'm there for everybody else in the room as well. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. I, I also think there's a component of it of, you know, Kaylee, just spoke to like you know, people will work harder. And when you know people and they know, they know, you know, them, it's, it's harder to hide. And sometimes we go places to hide or some way, sometimes we go to places to be seen, but that I think that willingness and knowing that as teachers, we have an opportunity to help people see their strength and to help people see what they're capable of. And they maybe won't see that at home doing a workout you know, in a room upstairs or in their basement, they might not see that if they're at the park or, you know, just doing something challenging where someone isn't seeing you. And as teachers, we have this wonderful opportunity to pull that out and to to say, like, I believe you can do this and I know you can And for them to maybe not believe you in the beginning, but to keep going because they know someone does. And then, you know, a year later, like I've done 500 classes or, or whatever. I'm so much stronger. I can do a, I can do a plank before whatever it is. It's such a rewarding thing as a teacher to be able to see that and to be able to see the best in someone else. And I think Kaylee and I talk a lot about this with our kids. But like, you know, can we get to a place where we're always, you know, always assuming the best intent? And if we're always looking at our the students that are coming and the clients that are in our space, and we can just assume the best and look for the best in them, that that's that's what they're going to see in themselves soon, even if it's not right now. And that's such a wonderful, you know, opportunity as a teacher. And I don't not everyone gets that. That chance I think to see so to have that looped into our values and to have people understand that that's what we're looking for that's why we're here for n- really nothing else because if our clients didn't walk through our doors we wouldn't have a business.
0: <laughs> yeah, so true and you know it I really agree with you that teaching is an opportunity. It's this beautiful mm-hmm. opportunity to have an impact beyond the experience itself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes talk about our oldest, he has anxiety and ADHD and attentive type. And when he was in junior high, he struggled and we were figuring things out and supporting him. But the hardest thing to hear him say was at school, he felt invisible. And I think, you know, the exercise that you do, Jelaine, where you get everyone to look to someone beside them. And then if, as you said, they know that person to look at somebody else, (laughs) even that small thing that you're asking people to do has such a big impact because Mm -hmm. right then, as you said, everybody in that room is being seen by someone Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, and acknowledged and feeling a part of the community. So it, it really is such an opportunity and it can be such a missed opportunity if people Don't take those steps or take those initiatives to create that welcoming environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that you both had a lot of growth and development over time, have learned one or two things along the way. And along with that would be teaching movement. So I did some substitute teaching early in my education career and I ended up in phys ed class and I <laughs> was a <laughs> science teacher. And so I found, you know, just the the activity and the movement in the gym and sort of managing all the things that were happening, really challenging. <laughs> and I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts on how teaching movement might be the same or is different than sort of teaching in other ways.
1: Uh-huh, a, so yeah. I can't say I have a lot of experience teaching outside of movement. I'm not teaching science ever. <laughs> I can hardly teach my seven-year-old fractions. <laughs> yeah. I think this similarities probably start to land along the line of, of being able to see the best in somebody and pulling that out of them and helping them see that for themselves Speaking to somebody's highest point and highest self, because one thing I noticed a lot in class is, if if I don't, if I give people an option to bow out, they're going to bow out. If I give them an option to make something easier or to kind of walk away from something that might be challenging, they're going to take it. But if I present challenge in a way that's accessible and I, and I properly step them up to that challenge, they're going to take it and they're going to feel so damn good after that they've done it. And so I think there's a lot of similarities in terms of like that experience, I think in school as a kid, like there were things that you were hit with that were just so far out of your reach that you were not, you just felt like I can't achieve this. And then there were things that were placed in front of you that were accessible bite size and you'd kind of build and build and build. And that sense of achievement that came from that was so profound. And so like, it just, fuels you to keep going. And on the flip side, that sense of being defeated by something is just it takes you out at the knees and it's really hard to get back up from so i i think that there's probably a similarity in just that approach of like we're we're all humans wanting we're learning something and we want to feel successful and how do we help people feel successful wherever that is for them and knowing it's when i have 15 people on reformers it's their what success for each person is very very different
2: yeah one of one of my initial teachers in in learning about yoga and in taking my trainings and whatnot, one of the the best things that ever stuck with me was she said, "We're not here to suffer. We're here to grow." And so, learning that and being able to take that on was like, okay, so if we're all here to grow, and as you know, as teachers, and I remember my own experiences in education, growing up in different grades and what was challenging and what was easy, but you know, if I take the mindset of like, I'm just suffering, this just sucks. I hate math or chem or whatever, then I would really hate it. But I think when we look at that, you know, we're able to kind of shift the lens of perspective of saying like, okay, you're, if you're here to grow that this might be hard. And there's a lot around being able to do hard things right now. And especially in the wellness industry of like, you can do this and you can do hard things and, you know, just changing a little bit of mentality and perspective around what you're capable of. But then also that you know, whether or not you're in a yoga class or in school learning about something different, you know, or a trade for that matter, that you are, you know, why are you doing this? What is your purpose behind this? And if your teacher can look at that and, you know, point out you're going to be stronger, you do A, B, and C, you're going to get stronger. But then finding a way to do that, that's speaking to 15 different individuals that are there for 15 different reasons, you kind of have to find those reasons for yourself of why you're teaching and there's going to be crossover. And I think that's something that I've seen for the entire time we've opened, but you start to notice what kind of teacher you are by the students that show up in your classes. And then you start to realize like, okay, well, where's my growth then? If, if these people are coming and this is what I'm noticing is their challenge. That's now my challenge. And how do I take that on? But it, it, it you know begins to have, there begins to be a lot of crossover and then the separation of movement is the, the motivation part sometimes and that crosses over too but the motivation of one foot in front of the other and actually physically moving or when things are challenging or when mobility is limited or you know there's different elements that are of challenge and i think that's maybe where the differences are is just like what challenges we're looking at but you know, trying to find your way in. And it's sometimes you have to be really sneaky. And when I think about my kids at school, I'm like, yeah, those teachers have to be sneaky. Like they've got to get all of their attention when there's like, you know, gym class was just there. You know, you spoke of that. Some kids love that. And some kids go to school never wanting to go to the gym to do that. And so just as teachers, it's finding the the ways that we can maybe sneakily get into people's (laughs) lives or heads and just kind of talk them through the things that they're going to find challenging.
0: Yeah, and I I love how you're talking about having people sort of think about their why. And ha- mm-hmm. and how you said everybody's why is different and it it does remind me teaching chemistry to high school students and students asking me, <laughs> "Why do we need children? <laughs> to totally. What am yeah. I use this What for? yeah, what am I ever going to need to know how to balance an equation or name orga- organic compounds and <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But I, yeah, you have to dig deep a little bit. Some things were a little bit harder to come up with a why if they were not headed into sort of a science career, but I did try and say, you know, there are things that they could impress their friends with at parties. And I always try to (laughs) come up with science jokes and things like that. But, and I think too, when you have passion for what you're teaching, even if it, you know, is something a student maybe in the case, like for what you're teaching, people are choosing to come in the case Mm -hmm, of what I was teaching, people were not always choosing to come (laughs) necessarily. But if you make, you know, the space that welcoming place, and and they can Mm -hmm. see that, even though it's not their passion, it's your passion and and you make it as exciting and um, Mm -hmm. interesting as possible. But it it was a little bit hard for me to convince others
1: at times. why (laughs) Why? Why? And why not taxes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Exactly.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I don't teach science anymore, but I have many fond memories of my students.
2: <laughs> well done you. Yeah. That's trying yeah, trying that's to hard. convince
0: them to love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love to just in everything that both of you are talking about is that learner mindset and just You know, always being curious, really paying attention to your students and looking for ways to bring out the best in them, which is fantastic. Now, I want both of you to think back just over the years about who would be a favorite teacher of yours or a favorite learning experience of yours? Kaylee, maybe it's your, you know, incredible camp counselor that you had at first camp many years ago. So just someone that was particularly impactful for you and why that person or
2: experience stands out for you. Do you have one? Yeah, do you? you I mean, I, I I feel like I, I had a really positive experience growing up, you know, with my education in Calgary I had a lot of teachers that really stood out a lot of teachers that really stood for me and were you know saw something in me and were able to to you know help guide me and and figure out pathways but I think I grew up playing a lot of sports and I think when I look back I have really fond memories of my coaches and the coaches that I was gifted and like I was they were, it was like a gift. They were put on a plate for me to say, like, take take whatever you can from this experience because this is a really, really exciting person to learn from. And I think m- stands out most is probably my high school basketball coach. It was a husband and wife. The husband taught at our school, Dave McDonald, and then his wife, Janice McDonald, who was on Canada's national team. And so she stepped in to coach with him, but she taught, she coached us for the three years that I was there. And it was, Probably her that allowed me to see life beyond high school sports. Not not for anything that she did to let me see that, but for the way that she coached me through that. And learning from her was learning from like a very big wealth of of knowledge, like a, a massive like waterfall, if you will. And not just for the things I learned about basketball, but for the way in which she chose to connect with all of. All of us high school girls, which can be a really challenging time. It was for me for those three years, but sports was kind of where I found my place. And I think being able to have a coach that saw that in me and saw what I wanted to be able to do and saw my drive and determination and, you know, just simply having someone see what my gifts were allowed me to learn in in such a free way and wanted, you know, it encouraged me to do better. And I think Kaylee said it about teaching is people want to work hard for you and they trust you. And when they know that you're standing for them and they're, they're really there for you. And yeah, I I can't say enough about that relationship and that experience that I had, and even just being in, you know, Sport and having a positive experience with a coach and having that be something that shaped me. I had a few not so great ones, but you know, having having that be my my memory and knowing that if I was going to be able to lead from a place myself to exemplify those things that she brought forward in me and that she was able to show me through her own her own leadership
1: and yeah. What that about you, Kaylee? Amazing. I I mean, I also would say I was pretty lucky to have some great teachers and some maybe not so great, but the one that would really stand out for me would be my grade six teacher, Mr. Schnell. And he, I don't, he just had, I don't know whether it was also the difference. It was the first time I had a male teacher in the classroom, but he had an ability to make school fun, make me want to go. I couldn't wait to, to go to school every day. It was, it was fun. And he connected with us and he treated us like young adults had expected a lot of us, but also let us play and let us be kids. And like, I'm not joking, we had like a spitball fight in class under his leadership. Like he would just, he knew how to just, okay, we're losing it, let's come come back, have fun. And I I was willing to work a lot harder for him than I would have been for any other teacher because I felt like he, he got us as kids. And he kind of, I think the rest of school up to grade six, I did okay, I didn't do great. Well enough, but by grade six, like I leading into grade seven, I wanted to do well. I cared about doing well because it mattered to me that I did well in his eyes. And, you know, he showed up for us every day. And I think it helped me want to show up for him. I had definitely had teachers throughout school where I didn't really feel like they were showing up for us. They, they, like they weren't there because they actually truly loved to teach and loved kids. And you could tell with him that, like, that was truly what he loved every day. And it was so apparent in how he taught us and I still randomly run into him at Starbucks and, and yeah, it's, he was just one of those people who like changed the trajectory of my, my learning. I think.
0: That's incredible. Does he know, or do both of your favorite teachers, coach and teacher know the impact that they've had on you?
2: I would say like, I've definitely sent like little notes. or like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I haven't like poured my heart out, but from an <laughs> yeah. appreciation standpoint, like, I think she knows how much, how much her care impacted me, but I mean, it almost makes me want to be like, well, I'm just going to write a
1: little, yeah, write another a, little I note know. after their <laughs> little one. Yeah. I kind of feel the same. I feel like, I feel like he knew in many ways, but he I think he was that for so many kids. Truthfully. I don't know anybody who went through class with Mr. Schnell who didn't have the same. Feeling. So yeah. yeah, maybe I could make a point of letting him know next time I see him at Starbucks.
0: <laughs> I think te- Starbucks. teachers love to hear that stuff. Yeah, uh, I know. So I- much, and it's so interesting how so many of the things that you experienced with them are a part of the work that you're doing now. Maybe minus the spitballs, but maybe
1: I'm assuming. Yeah, no, that was okay. so wild. Not, I it wasn't fully like like spit, but we were making little wads of paper, shoving mm-hmm. them in straws and shooting them at each other. It was like a full-out war. Oh my gosh. great. Yeah, and so something great. you remember, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> totally. I don't know if that would fly anymore. It wouldn't fly anymore for <laughs> sure. It wouldn't fly. Could you imagine?
0: No, no. no there might be, be some phone. Fo- if- yeah, if it happened in yeah, school, there calls. might be phone calls. A lot of yeah. phone calls. I'll mention it yeah. to. Yeah, I'll mention it to my husband. They yeah, can have totally. A spitball day at school. And I wanted to ask you both as well. When you look back at your journey so far, and You've had so much success and so many interesting experiences over the years. What would be something that you are most proud of? It's a big question. It is a big question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think like if I'm, I mean, the simplicity of it, I don't think will like reach the like, magnitude of the question, but I think growing up and I think growing up in the time that we did and kind of the expectations from, you know, parents and society around what we do and how we do it. And this, you know, this, you go through school and then you go here and you do this and you check these boxes. I I think coming to this place and, and with the studio, but also just choosing to do something that was purposeful for myself. And that was beyond the checklist and knowing I wanted to do something, knowing I wanted to make a difference, knowing I wanted to, to be in, in this place, but maybe not doing it in the most traditional way or not having it, you know, fit the same pathway that people before me had gone forward with it. I think, you know, sticking to my guns and knowing that I'm not going to make everybody else happy or they might not understand. I remember my mom once was like, you know, I haven't always understood why you've made the choices you have, but like, I understand that you see things different or, you know, creating that ability to accept the way that I wanted to do them, even though it was different than how she would have planned for me. And before I think going through the actual motions of it at the time. I think I always second guess myself, judge myself, you know, why can't I be, you know, more like my sister? She did this, she did this, she did this in this way. And now looking back to be able to see the way that I did things was what I needed to do. And it was my own process. And, you know, being proud of, of trusting that and staying the course versus like, ah, uh, it didn't work the way I thought it would. So I'm, I'm just going to try, I'm just going to do something else instead. And I think if I can impart, Anything to my kids too. When I think about that, I would want them to feel confident in who they are, so much so that they would, you know, they would risk doing it the way that everyone else think they thinks they should, and checking all the boxes to find that fulfillment and purpose for themselves. That's yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: What about you? I get to live with this wisdom every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. Like talk about what I'm learning. Like this is my greatest teacher right here. I think what, what I, when I think, what I think about at the kind of the core of it all is that the community we've created is what I'm most proud of. I think it's funny, like you don't go into this industry to make money. You just don't. It's just not coming with with the dollar signs. But what we have created is an incredible community and watching that community band together and support one another. And there's just kind of these moments where I think I realized that like our success is so much more than whether somebody like, got stronger. And it's really more about people's sense of connection to this community and to each other. And we've had couples tell us their marriage has been saved because they started coming to class together. We've had, like, I'm sitting here right now. And one of our clients is there's a picture frame of him up on our, in our office. And he came religiously four times a week minimum for, I don't know, four years, years. all like just nonstop in his like late fifties, sixties, and the sm- kindest man we learned about his kids, we the just, best smile. he was one of those people that, and everybody knew Paul, everybody loved Paul and Paul passed away January. in January and his daughters came in to personally tell us. And our community was so rattled by that. And the fact that we didn't have Paul next, like he's just always on that reformer in my class. Mm-hmm. Like I can expect to see Paul there and mm-hmm. yeah people. so Paul I think Paul was just a perfect example of what this community has become for one another and that Paul's passing impacted so many more people than he would have ever imagined and him being here four days a week with his consistent smile and just working so hard was, it was it had a bigger impact than he could have ever imagined yeah. and so it, moments like that I mean even through the pandemic and like closing multiple times when we reopened I remember it was our last reopening I I kind of had this thought that studios are done like why are people coming back here they've got home practices they've I think it was also spring so like the weather was good people were wanting to be outside I was like this isn't gonna come back we're done this is it and our first day open a woman walked in for yoga in a full boot cast and she's like I know my leg is broken, (laughs) but she's like, I just need to be here and I will do what I can. I just need to be here. And she spent most of her class just standing when people stood and lying down when they laid down and just being in community and in connection with each other and like tears down her face through class. And I just remember thinking like, no, this is important beyond anything else the being together and having like-minded people and just connecting and even connecting with people you would have never crossed paths with. Like, sweet Paul. Yeah. So for me, I think when I really look at it, what I'm most proud of is just the community we've created, our teachers, our staff and our, our amazing clients. It's just awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> I love both your answers so much.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, I think you're both proud of the same things. You yeah. know, I, I, I listened to what you're both saying and, and how you know, stepping outside of that comfort zone. And I totally hear you on that because I was talking with somebody else recently about how it, growing up, it was, you finish high school, you go to university, you you know, maybe throw on a trip or something in there and then you get a job and then, yeah. And I I so appreciate the courage that it takes to step away from that. I, mm-hmm. I resigned from the Calgary Board of Education and it was the hardest phone call ever to make because I thought yeah. my whole life mm-hmm. has been directed towards becoming a teacher. And now I'm questioning that and it's not feeling aligned. It's not working for me and how I feel I want to be a mom. And I, it put me in this weird space, but then it opened up Mm -hmm. opportunities and doors that wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. there otherwise. and, And, and I can see in retrospect now why. I yeah. made the decisions yeah. that I did. And I think totally. that's such a hard thing to do. And then also too, I imagine both of you must have questioned, as you said, Kaylee, like through the mm. pandemic, like what are we like, how is this going to work out? Mm, yeah. And, but I, yeah. I think that connection is so needed and so important and it feels so good to be around people again. And, and we're all so different, but kind of with that shared purpose and those shared values it's more important than ever so both of your answers are beautiful (laughs) (laughs) I love them both I have a few rapid fire questions for you and you can just take turns answering so one is what is something that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn how to do
1: pottery I I just I I just learned something new today Jelaine wants to do pottery I love that let's do pottery together Okay. okay okay Well, my answer is kind of weird then I, I would have, I don't think I necessarily can do it in my life. I think even a different life, I would have loved to either be a midwife or a birth doula. Yeah. you well, you be we, good at that. I, yeah, I would, I would love that. Never I say love never. childbirth weirdly.
0: Never say never. I know, never. right? <laughs> what is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket
1: list? I'd say Iceland. Oh yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to do day. that. Okay. Today. Um, <laughs> Oh, there's so many. I I think lately that I've been considering Philippines. Our nanny is Filipino and just so wonderful. And I would love, love, love to take her back home and have my kids get to see where she grew up and be a part of the life that she had before moving to Canada. So, and gosh, those beaches look epic. Yeah.
0: What is a book, podcast, movie, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently?
1: These are supposed to be rapid fire. It's <laughs> very it, it, rapid. Can hard, it can be hard to think.
0: There can be pauses. It's wait time. I, wait time. It's all good. Yeah.
1: I really enjoyed watching Ted Lasso. Good it's one. like a good. It's a feel good. good. It's. I was joking. Yeah. That the podcast I'm listening to right now is not one I'm going to share because <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing and trashy, but. <laughs> I think on the flip side, I really like Pilates Elephants. It's a great educational one for Pilates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I just started reading a book and I can't totally remember what it's called, but it's Jessica Buchanan's story of being captured by pirates in Somalia and her freedom process. Anyway, yeah, totally different. Yeah. Very deep. Very scary. That's all good.
0: I like. I love all the. And then maybe you can like send me a message of what the podcast
1: is that you're listening to. That (laughs) okay? Yeah, I was like, Uh, you can't leave us hanging. It's just kind of trash. It's just the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. It's just kind of trashy. But it's there's some good stuff on it. Absolutely, it's It's so fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and they both have they've created an awesome business together, and it's cool to learn how they've done that as a couple. Yeah, that's cool.
0: See, there's an educational component okay. to it as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: If you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and
1: why? That's the one question when we reviewed these, we were and both we were like, like oh. <laughs> oh
0: no. And I'm not going to let you pass because you know, I that's know. your philosophy. <laughs> I want to align with your philosophy, <laughs>
2: your teaching <Right>. philosophy. Yes. <laughs> You have an answer to kind that? of, I think there's two people. There's a woman named Carolyn Mace. She's, I think she's written like 10 books, probably five of them on like the New York times bestsellers list, but she's like medical intuitive was I think where she started and she's just gotten um, increasingly more into like this spiritual field. And I think looking just at a lot of, a lot of individuals right now, and especially being in, a field where we're teaching people and people are asking us questions that I don't always have the answers for, but also knowing how much energetics are coming into play now. And, you know, with, with a a mindful movement practice, there's different things that come up and now there's, you know, therapies that are based in, in like yoga therapy and there's somatic therapies and all of these different things. But to be able to, to learn from someone like her, who's had extensive training in medical intuition for so long and knowing that what we go through externally impacts us internally so much and how we operate as human beings in relationship with other people what our upbringing you know created for us and it's coming into the light so much now around what you know what our past is and different things that have happened to us and how we navigate that as individuals and in relationship with other people but knowing the questions that we get asked as yoga teachers sometimes that i just don't always feel the best or most qualified to answer She's one person that I think I would love to sit down and have lunch with or learn from her or figure out.
0: Yeah. She's just more. Yeah. She sounds fascinating. What about you, Mm Kaylee?
1: I, off the top of my head, I think the first thing that comes to mind is Raphael Bender and he has the Pilates elephant podcast. He's who I first did Pilates with in Australia. So I, I, I guess I have had some interaction with him, but just as a client turning up to his classes and leaving. And he now has a huge Pilates education program and he's, yeah, he, the Pilates world is changing and I think he's got a really interesting kind of front row seat to all of that. And I would love any opportunity to sit down over a beer and pick his brain for sure.
0: I bet you would get some interesting ideas and it would be neat to talk about kind of the, the then and now as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the last sort of big question that I have for both of you is I, my sort of, thinking around education is that it plays just such an integral and important role in all facets of our lives. So beyond the four walls of the classroom, how we work and we live and we play and explore and do business. And I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom to share that could empower or support people with their own teaching and learning
2: journeys. I mean, I, I think this is always inc- encouragement and especially like we, we run teacher trainings out of our space for Pilates and yoga, but really encouraging people to, to do the work to find their own voice. And we're inspired by all these different people and we see ways in which we you know, think the world could operate better or think that we could connect to people in a better way. But to be able to find that for yourself first, to be able to hone the skill of being able to have your voice as unique as it is and that as cliche as it sounds like there is no one in the world like you or like Kaylee or like me. And to be able to really identify what that is and what are the things that make you tick and what are the things that inspire you to the place where you have the confidence to speak about them. And, you know, it might not sound the way your other teacher taught it, but hopefully this different insight is going to give you you know, a new perspective, a new way to look at this, you know, even if it's just one simple movement of your body, or maybe, you know, as you said, it's going to filter into the other areas. And that that old thing of like how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so if we can start to, you know, find a catalyst that informs everything that we do in this way, that's just so unique to us that that's going to be what people want to see from us. They don't want to see me, you know, picking things off of other people and then presenting them as my own. Yes, I can have inspiration and yes, I can, you know, have avenues and channels, but ultimately like my, my voice is going to be what someone either connects with or doesn't. And if they don't, they're going to maybe search for someone else where they do, but that if we can, you know, find a way to to create that individuality and to celebrate that and to know that that, that gift of mine or Kaylee's or yours is going to be the thing that, you know, help someone, then, then we should all be working towards that so that we can in fact, help people when they need help and find help when we need help, you know, through the gifts that we all have. That's what I would say.
1: I think mine also comes back to kind of working with our teachers and with, with new teachers coming in for me more than anything, it's about somebody's ability to connect with, with other people. If you can connect with other people, I think you can be a wonderful teacher and anybody can learn you know, the, the manual or anyone can learn fractions, but can you connect with the person you're teaching it to? And can you make them feel seen? And I think that that's kind of, that's the where, where we all have opportunity to learn and constantly get better and work towards improving that. And when you've got that, and when you can do that, then I think you can teach anything kind of. Except for physics. Yeah, (laughs) I couldn't couldn't do (laughs) that. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. (laughs) No, we all all have have together. Yes, (laughs) yeah. I bet you could figure it out
0: together if you had to. (laughs) No. No. Like you should have seen us trying to figure this out. Yeah. Well, you've done an amazing (laughs) job. And I want to Thank you both so much for sharing your time and your story and all your words of wisdom today. And if our listeners want to learn more about both of you and all the things that you're up to, where are the best places to find out more?
2: Our website. <laughs> Do you want me to say sure, it? <laughs> yeah. And then I'll include it in um, the show notes too. <laughs> okay. So www.junction9.ca and then also Instagram is, it, I think you can get a, a good feel of our space by the the visual on Instagram and the different means in which we share posts and videos and all that type of stuff.
1: And that's junction underscore nine on Instagram.
2: Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're (laughs) a dynamic duo. A dynamic (laughs) duo. I (laughs) love it. I love it. Junction
1: underscore nine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And I want to thank you again, both so much for joining me, Kaylee and Jelaine. It was so lovely to connect with both of you and to learn from both of you today.
1: You, you too thanks, thanks for having us we appreciate
0: it thank you for listening to the people teaching people podcast i'm your host tiana fesh you can find me on instagram and facebook at tiana fesh and on my website dot i would love it if you would subscribe to rate and review this podcast your feedback and support are so appreciated See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together.